great leadership doesn't start out on the stage. It doesn't start out as governors or mayors or presidents or CEOs or managers. Great leadership starts out in the back. Mm, I like that. Today we're going to be talking about leadership, and before you do, we want to prepare your hearts and minds by understanding that leadership starts in the pews. If you're in a church, it starts in the pews. If you're in a business, it starts down in the janitorial booths. It starts with menial things. That's why the Bible said, despise not the day of small beginnings. You have to understand, though, and I want you to get this in your mind and in your heart and most of all in your head about leadership. When you begin to grapple with leadership and life begins to move you along, career, opportunities, or I believe the presence of the Holy Spirit begins to move you along because promotion really doesn't come from the east or the west. It really does come from God. It is possible for life to lead you faster than your mind is prepared to handle. God can move you into such a place that positionally you are in a state of leadership but mentally and emotionally, you really haven't got a grip on what life has handed you. And if you don't know what you have, you don't know how to take care of it. Mm. All right, Angelique. That was powerful. And that leads us into what we are going to talk about today. Now, that was Les Brown. Amen. And a couple of things that he said that stand out to me that we're going to he says, leadership doesn't start out on the stage. How many people do you know that just want to go right to the winning podium? Mm-hmm. Okay? But it starts in, he said, the janitorial booth. That means you got to do mm-hmm. the dirty things sometimes. That's mm-hmm. what that means, the dirty stuff. And he says that promotion comes from who? God. Promotion comes from God, and you have to invite the Holy Spirit. He says, despise not the day of small beginnings. But here's the the key. He goes, it is possible for you to lead your life faster than your mind is prepared to handle it. How can we attack that today? We're going to give you four things that you can do to be a better leader and invite the Holy Spirit into your business right here on the Turned On Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Oh, yeah. All right. Welcome. Oh, geez. Your inner <laughs> DJ is coming out. Welcome back. Does everyone know that you used to be a disc jockey? No. Do do Two now? years, every Friday and Saturday night in DJ booth. Go ahead, tell them your... Mix 103.1, more music, more variety, and a better mix. This is David Norrie. Oh, God. Got some Michael Bolton coming up for you later oh, on with no. Mariah Carey. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. Hey, let's get uh, right back to the serious point. Angelique, in that, in that intro, you mm-hmm. said something. You said, we live in a society 
that wants instant gratification. Mm-hmm. What we started with was Les Brown telling us that's not the case. We don't go instantly to the stage. We have to start off in the janitorial booth. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is separation season. So in addition to being a DJ, I did cover the NFL for a couple of years. And at this time of the year in beginning of August, what you'll see is this is separation season for those people who want a job playing football. It's a game, right? It's just a game. They get paid a lot of money, but it's just a game. But it is separation season. They'll go through training camp. They'll have to learn plays. Who will study? Who won't? Who will do the things? Who will make just... Some people just make the practice squad. They don't start a quarterback right away. They make the practice squad and they work their way up. Think about a Kurt Warner who came from bagging groceries. Separation season. Now let's talk about the business and then we'll talk about the kingdom. This is separation season in our business and this is separation season for the kingdom, meaning our planet. We're seeing a lot of it. But we're going to focus today on you, what you can do, four things that you can do to separate yourself in this season. And what, what do you think of, what, what kind of emotions stir in your heart when we start talking about this? When you heard Les Brown and we start talking about separation season, what comes to mind? Well, the first thing I thought when I heard him say it starts in the back of the room, I was like, oh yeah, I remember sitting back there. Um, and I still will, you know, um, I've sat in, I've sat in the front row and I've sat in the back row. And I've also spoken on stages in front of tens of thousands of people, you know what I mean? So the, but it didn't start there in, it was in the back room, the back of a room that I remember looking at you 11 years ago and say, we're going to go home and take the wheels off this thing. You know, it was a decision that we made, but it, it was, it, when you make a decision, it comes with a lot of asterisks. And I don't think a lot of people are in for the asterisk. You know, they just make it, they just think they're making a decision, but they don't read the fine print. The fine print means that you're going to have to start at the bottom. And the fine print is, is that everyone's a white belt somewhere. And that was why I loved martial arts because, you know, as, as a professional martial artist, I mean, I, of course I didn't start off that way. I started off as a white belt and I remember just people coming in that had attitudes, you know, well, they did it, you know, it was a different style that they did or, or maybe they're, maybe they're attorneys or maybe they were doctors or whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden they come in and I'm like, oh, great, you're a white belt here, you know, and, and it, it is of no disrespect. It just means there, ha- you've got to come with humility in order to receive the reward. Say it again. You got to come with humility in order to receive the reward mm-hmm. because the reward mm-hmm. um, is is given to those who are willing to humble themselves and surrender it all and walk through it and again be separated like the wheat from the chaff. Like mm-hmm. you the separation is so key. That's what separates winners from also runs from losers, from those that never even ran the race to begin with. It's going to come down to the mindset of a champion the the hum the humility of a champion and the willingness to persevere through all of the things you know, like you can't come with like, excuses yep. you can't you know come with drama ever look we all got something and we all first of all we all have the same twenty four hours in a day but our circumstances are so wildly different yeah so my twenty four hours looks a lot different than yours you know 
David's and, and looks a lot different than someone else's. Having children throws a huge wrench into it. But why do we get it done? It's not because we have a huge team of people uh, that work for us. Like we do it on our own right. because it, we had to build the character to get here. And so character is such a big piece of what Les is we talking about. We spoke about that in our podcast last, last podcast. week mm-hmm. where, where Billy Graham said, if character is lost, everything is everything. lost. Amen. You know, we talk about character and you said another word, Angelique, you mentioned the word humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things that I think we've, we're, we're in jeopardizing of total jeopardy of totally losing in our culture mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going back to football, trivial stuff, but this, you know, I covered it for so long. And what I see nowadays is with a younger generation, what it's all of us, but particularly in the younger generation, I see these kids doing these photo shoots, um, you know, football players and, and I see other athletes, you know, and it's all about the photo shoot, what the photo looks like. Now they haven't even touched a collegiate field yet, or they haven't touched a professional field yet. And they're already getting the rewards of these really cool things that they're going to show on social Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. And going back to another H word, we talk about humility. My friend who played in the NFL, uh, he used to call them ham and eggers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's what we refer to, to some people not in a disparaging way, but it's a ham and egg or somebody who just is never really going to get there. They're never going to eat the filet. They're never going to have the sea bass or the Chateaubriand. They're, they're a ham and egg or meaning they'll come and go, but it's mostly because of the humility and the character and the lack of the work ethic. Mm -hmm. We can't give our culture. We can't give the reward before the work comes in. I think of guys like Bo Jackson. I think of guys like Herschel Walker. Um, would they have ever been doing the, I mean, they might've been asked to do photo shoots, but they weren't doing these fancy photo shoots. They showed up and went to work. Well, I think, you know, you just said something and it made me think of it. It's like, it's not that we don't have the lack of, it's not like we don't have the desire. If I was in a room full of people right now and there was a hundred people there and I said, um, who who would like me to wire you a million dollars in your account right now? I mean, every hand, every single hand would go up. It's not the lack of desire, but who could handle it is the question and who, but who is willing to work for it? Because that I could wire you a million dollars into your account if you do the work. Okay. So that came with the asterisk that I was talking about. I I didn't say when I was going to wire it, right? It's, it doesn't mean that it's not available to you if your desire is there, but it really comes with something that most people are not willing to do. Yes or no? Yeah. And, and look, this is reflective. Sometimes guys, we all want shortcuts. There's nothing wrong with, you know, if there's a faster, easier way, totally. yeah, let's do it. I'm as all long for as that. it doesn't compromise, but it comes back again to character, you know, eventually we'll be found out mm-hmm. if we don't put in the time and we need to be leaders. You know, John C. Maxwell said a leader knows the way, goes the way and shows the way. Right. And what do leaders do? They create more leaders. And so what we have to do is find out what we can do. There's a couple things that come into play here that we're going to talk about. Four things specifically um, that I researched a while ago. I'm not sure. Some of it I, I think I've got from different sources, so I'm not saying it's all mine. You know, I want to make sure that I – that's another thing. People plagiarize things all over the place today, um, and that's another shortcut. We want, we want the accolades. We want people to like it and comment on it so people will say things that's not theirs – um, and then it'll take a shortcut mm-hmm. to glory. So um, I don't know where I got some of this stuff. Um, usually what I do is I read it. If I'll make a note, but forgive me if I, if I did get something and I'm not referencing it, but a lot of it then becomes what I've added to it. So um, I always want to make sure I get that out there. 
So let's talk. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Listener, you're running a business, you're in a business, you're a distributor, um, you're an entrepreneur, and you want to know, what can I do? Like Les Brown says, that's the work that's going to get me on stage. That's going to get me the bigger paycheck. That's going to get me maybe uh, the promotion at work, uh, the starting position. Uh, what's going to get me the mic in my hand? I don't know. Whatever it may be, you know, come from a place of humility, but you, you also want to come from a, from a place of ambition. Sometimes on a Christian podcast like this, let's be honest, guys, um, humility and ambition, uh, it's a slippery slope, you know? Angelique and I are going to talk a lot about humility and character, but we're also going to talk a lot about ambition and drive. Um, and, and sometimes those two can be, uh, it can blur the line. So let's get right into it. There's four things here. And the first thing we're going to talk about, Angelique, that you need to really drive your business and and take control of your destiny is maturity. Mm-hmm. Now, where I got this, it says, rare is the person who is able to do something on the first try. Either they are too green or lack a strategy. I mean, I can have a whole show on that. I mean, the first one, I could have an entire segment on being too green or lacking strategy. I've done both. I'll go back to my time as a writer. When I first got my first assignment, I thought I was so clever, and I wrote this huge article, and I made all these comparisons and metaphors, and I wrote this fancy thing, and I painted this picture, and the next day, I woke up, and I had what they call two inches in the paper, <laughs> okay? It, it was, it's, like, it's literally like four or five sentences, and I turned in like 18 and I was devastated. And I, and I go to my editor and I said, where's that great story I wrote? He goes, nobody cares. They want to know the story. They want to know the score. They don't need to, all that stuff. Like it's lost. He was like, save that for a feature or something else, but it's not in, not on the paper. And I'm like, I was just green. I didn't know. What, what have you been, Angelique, in your career, whether it's been in martial arts or whether it's been in sales where you were just, you did something and you thought, oh, I'm kind of come right out of the box and knock it, knock a home run. And then you, you got put back in your place. Oh my gosh. I have so many stories. Um, I think the first time um, that I, one of the first things that comes to mind is, uh, so there's something called a speed break in board breaking. And uh, in board breaking, usually you have a, a holder on the top and a holder on the bottom, meaning they're supporting all sides of the wood. But in a speed break, you you have someone like literally extending their arm. They're holding the very bottom portion of the, the wood. And so the wood is just sitting straight up with no support beam on the top. And you have to break it. And when you when you go with force to something like that, the only thing that's going to break is your hand. And the first time I did it, I, did, I broke my knuckle. I went to punch a piece of wood in a speed break that I had never done before because Master Diaz, he pulled it and he was a jerk. He pulled this piece of wood out of the uh, back closet and it was, we lived in Florida. So it was like damp. It had a lot of humidity. So this thing had been sitting there. There's an old piece of practically petrified wood. And I go in there to speed break it and it didn't break. I broke my knuckle. And so the same thing was like, I went in there cocky because I was so good at board breaking that I thought I could just go in and do a speed break without instruction. Did you have a strategy? No, I had none whatsoever. I just, I went in with bull force because I thought maybe that's what I needed to do the same way I did. And how did you feel when you broke your knuckle? How did you feel? Um, I was, 
I don't know if I was, I wasn't really humiliated. I was, I guess I was a little embarrassed. I was like, dang, that thing didn't break. Not only did it break, but it hurt my hand and I put a dent in the wood. Okay, so you had a physical pain. Yeah, physical pain. A physical pain from getting ahead without a strategy and thinking you knew how to do something. So let's talk about that. Let's just, because we got to make the metaphor here. So maybe it's not a physical pain, but certainly you guys have put yourself through a financial pain. You've put yourself through maybe an embarrassment pain of, getting ahead of yourself and trying to do something. And, and there's two things here. There's two things at play. The first thing is um, you got to give yourself grace, right? I mean, we can all look back and just be totally embarrassed. I look back at the beginning of my network marketing career and (laughs) I mean, Facebook, uh, sometimes I wish I can block the Uh, memories that you give me. I mean, I was throwing up colors of my company. You would have shirts made. Oh, yeah. I'm like, everything had a a label on it. And I was like, wow, it was a real homer. You wore the colors all the time, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's not terrible. It's just a little embarrassing. But I certainly did other things where I would always tell people, and this is something that you can plug into your notes right here. People would always ask Angelique and I when we were being interviewed about starting our business and and because we had gotten to a certain point of, of success, they say, what what's the biggest thing piece of advice? And I would say, you know, it's not looking back at some of the things that I did and asking for help first. It's thinking that I knew it all. And um, my biggest mistake is that sometimes I was impatient. Mm-hmm. And and in this world where everybody's like, go fast and go hard and get there quick, um, patience is hard. It's overlooked. And so uh, the exercise that I would give you guys here, this first one, this maturity is what mistakes have you made? Okay. But more importantly, what mistakes do you continue to make and that you're repeating? Because no one's going to blame you for making a mistake. No matter how much egg on your face, no matter how much, you, like Angelique, if you, if you break a knuckle, you humble yourself. No one's going to blame you for that because you're young and you're green and that's what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you're an adult and you're older and you keep making that same mistake, then how much really have you matured? How much have you corrected it? We have to be realizing this. And I always said that experience is the greatest teacher. Yeah. You know, experience is the greatest teacher. When I saw John if C. You Maxwell. Learn from it. John yeah. C. Maxwell at his conference goes, I am not nervous up here because I've done this 10,000 mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee if, even if you've never swung a baseball bat, if you swing a baseball bat 10,000 times, you're going to be able to hit a ball. Experience is the greatest teacher. So think about in your business, think about in your life right now, whatever you're doing, um, have you made habitual ritual mistakes that you know, and you're just not focusing on them? Where have you matured and where are you lacking maturity? Angelique, what would you say as we finish up this first part about maturity? Um, and, and allowing yourself a little bit of grace, but at the same time, um, seeking out maybe teachers, seeking out people who um, you can shadow or, and learn from. Well, <clears throat> when it comes to people, like it's modeling, right? So if I think about immersion of anything, is where that's where you're going to learn. You ha- I, there's, there's a slight obsession that comes with it. And um, I use that term loosely. But it's true, you know, like I, I think even going back to, you know, Jesus, like the disciples were immersed in him. Like they, they were, they were modeling the heart of the father through his actions and he taught them, you know, how to go the way because he showed the way and why, because he knew he knows the way. So it's like, know the way, go the way, show the way. It's the same thing. So you want to surround yourself with people 
um, with, with that kind of maturity, with that kind of experience. And I think we always go over this in the turned on method too, of the core four of people, the people that you seek counsel from, I mean, do they have a good track record? You know, have they, if they have proven results, are they, um, do they speak your core ethos? Like, do they have character? Do they have the, you're right, the character, the core ethos. So these are all really important things. So when you're choosing, uh, a direction to go, whether it's, you know, of course in your business or in a partnership or whatever, I, I feel like those are huge parameters that, um, that need to be met. And it's, you know, it's indicative of, um, you know, the results that you're going to have, I think that if yeah. birds of a feather, right? So if you start, if you continue to hang around the people, um, and again, this is not about toxic relationships or, or abandoning anyone. This is nothing like that. It has more to do with like, well, you need to prioritize the amount of time and focus and energy you're spending in and around people because that's the, the okay. there's so much power in proximity to that wisdom. Okay. Yep. Is that what you're Spend asking? Time? Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's a great answer. And, and, and look, I'll wrap this up saying if you're looking for some great resources on character and how to, how to build character in your business, um, the first book I would suggest is the, the present. No, it's the success secrets of Billy Graham. Great book. And secondly, if you don't want to watch, uh, read that and you want to watch something shorter, um, go to YouTube. There's a thing by Jordan Peterson, who I really respect, and it says The Importance of Character in Leadership. It's a six-minute video by Jordan Peterson. It's called The Importance of Character in Leadership. So we talked about um, maybe, you know, making same mistakes over and over again and and being frustrated. We talked about uh, rushing to things. And let's talk about the kind of the antithesis of that or how we can work through it, and that's perseverance. That's the second one. Okay. The second thing we're going to talk about is perseverance. The first thing was maturity. So let's be honest. Perseverance is such a fantastic virtue. When we see it again in the sporting world, we see, uh, we see some of our, like the, I go back to the Boston Red Sox, you know, the curse of the, the Bambino. What do they have? 80 something years where they just couldn't seem to win a world series. But when they got there, man, I remember that their, their fans were just so jacked up because the, the perseverance of generations of teams, all right, we see it in the sporting world where you see maybe your favorite guy who never won and never won. And then all of a sudden he gets it, he gets the Stanley cup or he gets the, uh, you know, he gets the master's jacket. And so we see it in the sporting world, how perseverance pays off. But what we don't see is along the way, all the hours put in all the practice, you know, um, and so in our business world, again, we can look at the business moguls and uh, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Jeff Bezos, but, or Steve Wozniak, but these are the guys that started that business in their garage and they knocked it out of the park and people don't really get a chance to look at the sleepless nights or mm -hmm. the fruitless seasons of their business. They just see the final results. So we have to realize that perseverance, my friends, is something that is critical to your success. You know, we, we call it the metaphorical blisters that pop up in your business. The ones that you get, if you've ever been, um, <clears throat> excuse me, golfing or weightlifting, you know, you get big calluses on your hands. Um, and those are a sign that you're doing it right. If you ever encountered an MMA fighter and you look at their ears, you're like, hmm, mm. you put in some time on the mat. Uh, I know. <laughs> so we can see these things. But in your business, sometimes they're hard to see. But it does take perseverance to get to the next level. Uh, we have to fight through this temporary pain. So, Angelique, you know from a martial artist standpoint, 
here's the cool thing about a black belt. You get it, and then every year, every degree after that, you have to wait that many years to get it. So talk about it from a martial artist standpoint is you just don't become an eighth-degree black belt. That's why you don't see any young eighth-degree black belts. Right. Because there's a process to it that takes perseverance and time and maturity, which goes back to our first thing. Um. Well, before I answer that, you had said something about medical metaphorical blisters and calluses. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, some people might wear it as a badge of honor. Like you talked about weightlifting, having them, that means you're doing it right. Well, in martial arts, like we, we were barefoot beca- for, for that reason. Like they want you to have callous feet. Think about that. Why is that? Why do you think that is? Because that shows that you kicked a lot of boards. No. What? Who cares about show? Okay. That, that oh, because it, it hardens your it hardens right. your feet so you know like so you can go through things with less pain so what does that have to do with perseverance everything to do with what we're saying it's, it's not just a badge of honor it's not just for show i could care about it toughens you up right i care less about show it protects me like having calloused feet you know in in a in martial arts uh allows for you to have more stamina mm-hmm. it allows for you to to fight without as much wound you know it the the board or the person is going to hurt you less because you have built up um that kind of foundation so it, it goes the same in business it's like you know what if you don't have a story <laughs> if you don't have moments where you're you know picking your chin up off the floor or or you know getting up and brushing off your knees or wiping your tears then again you got nothing to show for it it's like this should not come easily Mm -hmm. and so the same thing goes when you're asking about black belts and how we have to wait well because it's not supposed to get easier it's supposed to get harder why because you've already built the the foundation and character um to go further you know we you can progress through the color belts a lot faster than you can progress through the black belts you would think that it gets easier as you get older and it doesn't it's going to get harder and it's going to get longer because that shows the the maturity of your perseverance. Sure. And the same thing in business. Like, so you have to wait the number of years between each belt. So correct. to get a third degree black belt, you have to wait three years from your second degree. To wait, no, at your second, you wait two to get your third. At third, you wait three to get your yeah. fourth. And yeah. That's what I said. Okay. And so you said it backwards. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> uh, it's just a It's formality. just my wife. You do that. No, it's, it's, I know. You have to yes, know. It's I not going it. to tell them the wrong information. Yes. I live with you. I know what it's like. Okay. Um, we, we kid, we love each other. We kid though, because it's true. Um, anyway, no, <laughs> you're the best uh, guys. Let's look from the biblical standpoint. Uh, the Bible, the word of God gives us this perseverance in many places. Romans five, three says more than that. Rejoice in your suffering, knowing that suffering produces what? What did you just talk about? Endurance, right? This is critical here. Listen to this. Open your ears. It's in the Bible, Romans, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance. I just messed that one up. (laughs) Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Man, put that one on your wall of your business. Put that one on your folder. Put that one in your car, okay? Endurance leads to character, which leads to hope. How about Galatians? And let us not grow weary of doing good things, for in the season, what happens? In due season, we will reap Reap. it if we do not give up. It's right there. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. The harvest is there. So how do we do this, though? Easier said than done. If I asked 150 people in the street, do you want to consider yourself tough? Do you want to consider yourself someone who can uh, persevere? 
All 150 people are probably going to say, yeah, but yet we're getting away from that in our culture. Uh, you know what? Is there, is there a shortcut? You know, I, I would really like to eat better and, and get my health better, but is there, is there a shot for that? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd really like to win a million dollars. Is there like just a lottery ticket for that or, or, or do I have to work for it? Well, people are going to focus on, uh, you know, again, it's so much easier to focus on what's going wrong. It's just, it's no different than an, an internet troll. You know, you could have a million people, you know, loving what you just said, but then you'll have one troll. And then what do you go after? You go after the one person that said something that bothered you and it eats away at you. And you just, it's the same thing in circumstances with business. It's like you could have lots of wins and then you'll overlook those wins because one thing, one person, one, something went wrong. Somebody quit. Somebody gave up. Somebody went to a different company, whatever it might be. And you focus on that and it's just, it expands and it swallows you whole. You just, you cannot, you absolutely cannot give any credence or energy to that. It's, you're going to feed one or the other. And you, you, God is a creative God. You know, he's not, he's not in the business of, uh, of looking back. You know, he's, he's in, he's in a place of creation. He's moving forward. He's, you know, it's boundless and endless and multiplying and increasing. That's where, that's the energy that creation comes from. Counterfeiting things means you have to go back and cut corners and um, take something else that's not yours and, and make, try to make it yours. And it's, you're, you're spending all the time on the things that were stolen from you because you don't have, you lack the creativity, you know, to move forward. And that's, we know who that you're subscribing to there. And that doesn't mean that a believer can't. It just means that we can fall into a trap. It's a snare. Do you know what's interesting? As you're sitting there talking, I'm looking at you. I could see the calluses on your feet from kicking boards all those years. (laughs) I know, but I can hear, I can hear, I can hear the metaphorical blisters on your voice even because I know you've been on the phone. And this is just the day and age where we're in. Mm -hmm. And most of our business is done either on the phone or on Zoom calls. And and literally this girl has been working her tail off. Yeah. And, and I can hear it in her voice as her husband. You guys might not be able to see the difference, but I can definitely hear it. So congrats. What are you, what are you, what are you hearing? I, I just hear the, I hear like a weariness in your voice. I, I hear like it needs a rest. <laughs> yeah, oh, you'll that, rest, you'll rest it you tonight. Doing, no, you'll rest you it tonight. T- I could just tell it. It's taxed. You've been taxed like a singer, you know? You, you'll tax your vocal cords and they need a rest. We need to take care of them. Um, I'm not going to be able to rest. I have no, calls all there's night. There's no long. time for rest. That's why you're a warrior. <laughs> got um, calls all night. <laughs> if we guys, if if we give you an exercise to lead off this second thing here, um, just ask yourself this: on a scale of one to ten, I love one to ten tests. Ten being the the absolute most, like ten being I fought like my life depended on it. Where are you right now with your current goal? Where are you right now with that thing that you want? On a scale of one to ten. 10 being I thought like my life depended on it. And be honest with yourself. It's a simple test. It's a simple exercise. You know, in terms of perseverance, go back to the first two things. How have you matured, right? That's what we talked about. And, and, and then how hard are you fighting? And how hard are you willing to persevere through something? Okay? And that'll give you a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a test there. Okay, um... You're gonna love this one, guys. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give you a time limit on this one, probably. Me? Well, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a totally uh, three oh, hour three hour show. The third thing is the. By first the way, one, guys, we don't have. He doesn't usually tell me what we're talking about. No, I spring it on her. Yeah. So that it's not. We're not scripting here. 
Um, so we talked about maturity. We talked about perseverance. The third thing is the right vehicle. Now, <laughs> hold it back. Hold it back, big guy. Um, the right vehicle. Uh, this is the hard one. You know, when, when Steve, uh, I mean, when not Steve Wozniak. Well, you could put Steve Wozniak or we talked about... Um, we talked about some of the other people. Did he know that was the right thing at the right time? When, when we're talking about Amazon, did Jeff Bezos go, this is the absolute right thing? I don't know if we ever know that. There's been a lot of people that probably thought they had the right thing at the right time, and it didn't turn out that way. But when your discernment, that's where we go back to the Spirit. When your discernment, when Les Brown talks about inviting the Holy Spirit into your business, when your discernment says, this is the right thing, this is the right time, and you check that, with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives you the wink and says, mm-hmm. amen, then you go with it. The right launch with the right company at the right time will make all the difference because you're going to have to be mature and you're going to be persevering, but you got to do those things and use your Holy Spirit, okay? This is critical, finding that right vehicle. Ange, what do you think? Mm. Well, I'm really curious why you thought, I know what I'm going to say, but I'm really curious why you thought this was going to be one that I need my own show for. Because I, I know that you, like, let's put it this way. I go back to sports. You could be that all-star quarterback because you have the work ethic, you have the skill set, but there's plenty of all-star quarterbacks who are just never with the right team. I look at a guy like uh, Philip Rivers, who who played for years. Philip Rivers is probably one of the best quarterbacks never to win uh, a Super Bowl. Now, I just think Philip Rivers would never had the right team. I don't think it was him. I just think he never he his vehicle was not the Chargers. Um, he had a lot of close ones, and and maybe some people say. And then you look at other guys like uh, um, that 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 were great quarterbacks that got Super Bowl rings. So. I look at you as an all-star businesswoman who has all the tools, um, but I know the right vehicle is important because sometimes if you don't have the right vehicle, you're just you're a Hall of Famer, but you don't have the ring. Well, there's a lot of right vehicles out there, but which one's right for you is the question. And um, you know, you have to look at every. You have to look at. Oh man, this is biblically for me. Everything comes down to so many different. Uh, pieces that God has used in his word. And and uh, we've talked about this before, like being timeless in nature, but also timely. That's a really important piece for me. I don't want to ever, you know, do anything, make decisions or yoke with something that is not fully and totally aligned with um, the A, the word of God and, and B, the things that he's called us to steward. So first and foremost, when I make a decision for business, I'm not going to just grab the straw of something because it has a, it's a good financial opportunity. I'm, I'm not. I mean, it doesn't mean that I won't do my homework on it. It just means that I'm not going to do it just because it could be financially, um, you know, like I, I want to put my money and, and my energy and my time and all the things in something that I know is is going to matter in the kingdom. So, but at the end of the day, when it comes to being a part of the right vehicle, you know, like you said, it's just, 
you have to have the right people surrounding you. People are going to be attracted to certain things. You have to ask yourself, is, is the thing that I'm yoking with going to attract the people of, of the character and caliber that I want to work with? You know, is this is this the right time and season for where I'm at? Am I lingering in a place where I should be passing through? We talked about that before. Yep. Um, we have to also not, we have to realize that sometimes our loyalty gets mis- misplaced. And we spend too much time in a thing or a company or an, a model or a brand or even our own projects that maybe the season passed, you know, and if that season passed, it's okay. We, we have to realize that our loyalty is not to necessarily the, the thing, the company or whatever it's, it's to God and it's to our mission. And in that mission is um, attached to people. So how is it affecting those things? And if you realize that, like, if you just kind of hang on to something, if you're just hanging on to something because, you know, you have some symbol of loyalty there, you have to ask yourself, why? What are you afraid of? I know we walked away from something that we were very aligned with at one point in a, in a long season of our life, but eventually we no longer were aligned with it. And it took a lot of prayer and a lot of petition and a lot of uh, clarity to com- literally walk away, not just quit working, resign our check, walk away. And that be, that was because the vehicle had changed. We didn't have control over the vehicle. We have control over ourselves. But we are free agents. And that's what happens when you're a free agent. You get to do okay, that. Let's go with that because this is important. This is funny because I pulled up a list of the greatest athletes never win a championship. And then you realize what you just talked as I'm waiting to come in here. The Wait a minute. Some of these guys free agency has let people move where they want to go because they are the talent. But think about this. I'm just going to throw a couple names out of here. Barry Sanders, maybe the greatest football player ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Gwynn, I mean, the best hitter ever that I know. Uh, you got guys like Ken Griffey, Fran Tarkenton. Um, how about this? Ted Williams. Ty Cobb. Right? Ted Williams, 19 years c- career with the Red Sox. 19 all-star appearances. Two MVPs, two triple crowns, six batting titles. And he never won one. Now, he had to find the right vehicle. What would a Ted Williams look like today in today's Major League Baseball? Pfft. Ted Williams, first of all, he'd be paid. Second of all, he'd probably have multiple championships because he would go someplace. He'd go someplace where there was the right vehicle. Um, and so sometimes, you know, people displace their loyalty. Uh, they stay with a, a, a team too long that's not serving them. That's not putting the pieces around them. I go back to Philip Rivers. I don't know if they ever put the, all the pieces around them. You know, I look at a Dan Marino. I grew up in Miami. I don't know if they ever put the all the best pieces around him. Who knows? But we are free agents for the most part. Why? What does that mean? Well, even if you have a, a corporate job, you have the right to go somewhere else. This is fantastic. Build yourself. Build your spirit. Build your resume. And then find the right vehicle. So the exercise with this, if you're going up to, is um, is, is really... Do your homework. Don't stay committed to something that's not serving you. Don't don't stay. Don't misplace your loyalty. You know, ask yourself who's leading this ship, who's carrying the flag in today's day and age. You know, especially in our business of network marketing, um, the distributors do most of the work. We don't really need a boss. We don't really need somebody, but we do need a corporate leader who's going to carry that flag. And that person has to be of the right age, the right mindset, the right energy level. And if that's not there, um, it's not a good look. It's, it's, you know, I look at Elon Musk, and I'm not a huge fan of his, 
But I always compare him. This guy's got enough experience behind him to know what he's doing. He's got enough youth uh, ahead of him to to be in the industry for a long time, and he's going to carry that flag. He's going to tell people, you know, he's going to be a strong leader. So I think the right vehicle has to do a lot with leadership. Okay? So check that out. All right, the very last thing, and this is the fourth one. Uh, let's see. It's it's called Momentum. And the big Mo. Yeah, that's where, where'd you get that from? That's from John, John C. Maxwell. Maxwell. The law of the big Mo. The big Mo. Yeah, you know, I, I compare this, uh, if you've ever watched the show American Ninja Warrior, right? Let's make that metaphor. Like, what does that have to do with business? Well, you know that momentum on that show is literally almost everything. If you get stuck hanging too long on a bar and you miss the next rung, uh, you're going to fall. Uh, so it's a key factor. So momentum, much like picking the right vehicle, is critical to what you're doing. Um, this has to be something that you're working on. I always tell my students or clients, whatever you want to call them, and speak up. I said, your your story always has to be evolving. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Your story always has to be evolving. That is, your resume has to be evolving. Your skill set has to be evolving. You don't have to master every skill. You don't have to know everything, but your skill set has to be evolving. Your story has to be evolving because you must get better at what you do, and people are going to be watching you in this day and age of social media. They're watching you going, are you getting better? Are you getting better? Or are you getting worse? Or are you stagnant? Okay, don't hang on the same bar too long. Find momentum in your business and stay moving. What do you say, Ange? Oh, well, again, the stagnation is what kills me. It's when when you just that's being in neutral. That's like trying to drive in neutral. You can't. You're not going to go very far. You're going to literally like it, you hope to. You just hope to hit a downward slope for a little bit because you're not going to go anywhere. And um, going backwards is always a good sign that you're in the wrong place. Going backwards is always a good sign that you're in the wrong place. What what in life goes backwards uh, that that's a good thing? Yeah, nothing. 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 Stagnation. A backward skate when you're roller skating. Okay. That's it. Stagnation. Bad. What happens? What happens when blood stagnates? David. Uh, you die. Okay, it, it cuts off circulation, eventually it goes numb, eventually it dies. Bad, right? So we want things flowing. We want things in momentum. We want things going in the right direction. Nothing that has been stagnated is a good thing, not in the economy, not in your your the blood in your body, not in water, anything stagnant. So if you're in a stag place of stagnation, ask yep. yourself why and why, what's keeping you there? Well, listen to what John C. Maxwell says about it. He says, even the simplest tasks feel impossible when you don't have momentum. Right. Then you oh, start to feel stuck and overwhelmed. Good. Yeah. That's even so the simplest good. tasks feel impossible when you don't have momentum. Go. Well, I can, I re, I can relate to that. I remember being in that place where I'm just like, I, I don't even want to look at a report. I don't want to post anything. I don't want to write anything. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get a phone call. I don't want to do this call. I just... It's, it feels heavy and burdensome and like a chore. And that's not how it should be. When you, when you are in the, the favor of God, when you are walking in the favor of God, it should, I don't want to say effortless because it requires work, 
but it should feel like your flow. Their momentum has a feel and a sound and an energy to it. It's not just about speed and haste. It's when all of the things start firing at the same time. That's momentum. Momentum. Success loves momentum. Yes, as it John, loves momentum. As and John Maxwell says, he says it's it's easier to steer too than to start. Meaning, it's hard sometimes to start and get in momentum, but once you're in, man, things change off. I mean, things take off, and then everybody feels that it, it's a group thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, and it's it's contagious. Um, you know, we're in a we're in major momentum right now, major, but it, it's not always that way, you know, and. I, and I, I'm in a place right now where I'm just, I, I will not, I am not going to coast out. Let's find, let's put it this way. If you guys find yourself in the momentum, do not stop. But this is when you need to be going harder and faster because that's, what's going to build. It's where people start hitting momentum and they take their foot off the gas. Yes. That drives me batty. Well, you said you were in momentum, but think about what you did to get there. You had to mature, you had to persevere, mm-hmm. and then you had to find the right vehicle. So mm-hmm. all these things tie in That's together. Right. That's right. Well done. Well done weaving that in, David. Well, as we get ready, and, and the the last thing I'll, I'll give you, I'll let you take us out here, but the exercise... Why um, is it going to take you out? Because you're so good at it. Oh, the exercise momentum is, uh, have you taken a break in the midst of momentum? Like Angelique just said, have you taken your foot off the gas when you knew that your company or that you had some momentum because you rested when you didn't need to rest? Mm. Have you um, have you fostered that idea of building momentum on your team? Have you stayed in contact with the people who were swimming towards you? To use another John C. Maxwell idiom, have you contacted the people who are swimming towards you? Meaning the people with their hands up saying yes, because those are the people that are going to help you create momentum. Momentum is huge, and we must grab it. We must grab it by the horns, and we must do it on a regular basis if we are going to get anywhere in our company. So, Angelique, if if you were to wrap up this little thing here that we've done, what would you say? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, You know, look, I think just like in Ecclesiastes, it talks about there's a season for everything. You know, whatever season you're in right now, maybe you're not in a season of momentum. Maybe you are in stagnation. Maybe maybe you are in a place of rest. Maybe you are in deliberation. Maybe maybe you're, you know, in got your nose to the grind zone. And you don't even know if anything's happening yet. Whatever it is, and and wherever you are, the things that we covered here today are timeless and they're timely. You know, you're you're going to need to have that that uh, perseverance. You're going to need to have the maturity. You're going to need to have the right vehicle and then you're going to find the momentum. But it really it comes, you know, with the idea of that you're not going to strive outside of God. Don't do this in your own flesh. It's when we do it in our own flesh that we just try to white knuckle the process. We don't think straight. We can't have the maturity. We don't know if we're in the right vehicle. We certainly aren't persevering. We're just pushing. We're pushing and we don't even know why. And that's when we meet the type of resistance that's not good. Look, healthy resistance is always going to be there, especially when you're in God's work and in God's word. So in order to catch where you're heading and making sure that that headwind is where it belongs, stick to these four things and it'll keep you turned on in all areas of your life. Take care, guys. 